Here we are once again. It's the Father and Son Podcast, starring, as Anthony would like to say, Anthony and Curtis. But they still haven't changed it, have they? Yeah, they haven't changed it. I, I tried over the weeks for it, and they still is like, you know what? I think this is perfect the way it is. You think uh, that Chad Lopez, the Capo de Tutti, is selling you wolf tickets? Maybe they are selling me wolf tickets. But for right now, it's still Father and Son podcast with Curtis and Anthony Sliwa. The Guardian Angel logo in the back. We just celebrated our 43rd anniversary. That's right. Of which you, Anthony, Chester participated. Because uh, a lot of people don't realize that my son, Anthony, actually went through the training to become a junior guardian angel in our training facility under Super Stretch in Washington Heights. That is correct. And I've been there since I was seven years old. Seven years old in training in martial arts. Wow! And uh, he went on to become a senior member of the guardian angels, which you can do at the age of 16. And you've been patrolling ever since. That's right. So episode number eight, 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 eight. We're going to focus on two items. The history of the NYPD, New York Police Department, and the history of the Fire Department in New York, the FDNY. Let's start first, though, Anthony, if we can, the FDNY, the Fire Department, because they just lost a firefighter in the line of duty. Can you tell us something about that? Well, the firefighters of the FDNY was a pretty big hit during the 19th century of America. During the 1800s, uh, there was a fire broke out in one of the boroughs of Manhattan. It was called the Great Manhattan Fires. Once a fire brigade uh, was patrolling through the streets of Manhattan, mostly because all of the, uh, the Irish and the Scottish wanted to come to New York City and it's like, well, after the war, where where do we go? Let's find a job. Maybe the fire department. And let's uh let's just call it the fire brigade. And then years later, they call it the FDNY. Hmm. So at first, it was just called the fire brigade. That's right. How would they put out fires back then? Back then, they didn't have hoses, just like nowadays, or fireproof letters. Uh, they have something called a bucket, and they had to fill it with uh fire. And uh, you had to put wire out, just kind of like uh, 1865 during the Union Army when they had it in the South. It's, uh, it's what they thought of the fire brigade, just like in the Union. It's like, hey, we could that too. But it's like, hmm, we're going to use a bucket. We're going to fill it up with water. And we're just going to put it out, just like that. We've been doing this over years and years. Good training, though. So. They would have buckets in a bucket brigade. They would pass the bucket from one firefighter to another. That must have taken them forever, though, to put out a fire. Yeah, because uh, it was like there was no hoses. There was uh, It was literally different back then what New York City was in, during the 1800s. I would assume a lot of buildings that were made of wood just burnt down. Yeah, just kind of like what Brooklyn is, is... Uh, most of the buildings, some of the buildings are wood, and it was a really not good structure, just like bricks. Mm. So when did that start to change with the fire department when they went from the bucket brigade, handing buckets full of water 
to their comrades and then taking forever to put out the fire to when they actually had hoses. It was during the 1940s when they started from buckets to hoses. It's like, you know, since uh, there's been many fires that have been happening in the city of New York, I think uh, we should definitely just have a hose. So they, uh, the company who made them is giving them to the firefighters, and it's like, hmm, let's put this on the fire hose, and we can spray water from underground. That's a good idea. What do you think, Keith? Yeah, that's a good idea. Send them off. And how did it work out? And it worked out, like, perfectly as planned. So as soon as, like, the bell's been ringing, the firefighters go down that pole, they're off to their old-style trucks, and they just went to it. When they see the fire, it's like, okay, guys, uh, let's get the hose. And it's like, all right, give me the hose, turn on that thing, and we'll spray water. Mm. Well, meanwhile, you guys actually go up to the building and save people and pets. Now, I'm assuming that was a lot better than the Bucket Brigade, right? Yeah, that was back then. The Bucket Brigade was in the 1800s. This was during, during in the 20th century. They upgraded it. Now, the bucket brigades existed at a time in which there was no automobile engine. So was that horse drawn, uh, that uh, vehicle that transported the firefighters, was that a horse that was uh, transporting them? That's right. And back in those times, they were uh, on horse carriages. Nothing like what Thomas Edison was thought to be as like, oh, we could put firefighters on the rails as well, just in case a uh, fire happens on electric lines. Mm. They didn't even have, um, what do you call those? Like, what do you call those? Those red things. Oh, that's a... Uh, fire extinguishers. That's right, that's fire right. extinguishers, right. So they didn't even have that. That was until the 21st century they thought of that. Uh, for that, it's like, hmm, fire plus water equals out. Let's just try that and see what happens i would think uh, anthony a lot of fires started up because they didn't have electricity so that you had to light a candle if you wanted to see and if the candle fell down or melted the wrong way you could easily have a fire in the house that's right and all of those wooden houses the fire can start many different ways from a candle accidental happen to to irish riots happening in the city Lower Manhattan. I can imagine also most of the men smoked at that time. Cigars, cigarettes, pipes. That a lot of times the cigarette or the cigar or the pipe would start a fire. Yeah, definitely. Because those were from the rich classes. Now, when they built the Empire State Building, did they ever figure out if there's a fire way up on the 110th floor, which is where you go and you, you watch, you look out? Did they ever figure out how they would ever put out a fire in the Empire State Building? Well, they didn't have elevators at the time, so they had to go up through stairs. It took a long time to get up those. So until the invention of the elevators, they start to go up. As more firefighters start going up, on the elevators, they will easily spot the fire, and this is where the fire will start to flames. Now, because of the, the little signs for you guys, when oxygen enters the fire, uh, it gets more bigger. Never use oxygen. So what you want to do is what 
any firefighter actually told me as a little kid, keep the doors closed. You don't want the, all that oxygen go because it starts getting bigger and you're going to burn yourself to death. Mm-hmm. So that's really not good. What you want to do is stay low, touch the metal part, like doorknob, see if it's hot. So if there's a cloud of smoke and you can't see, one of the masks. That's why we have masks now, just to not breathe in the toxic smoke. Just like this. So, you mean to tell me at that particular point, even back then they knew you had to keep the doors closed or it would feed the fire? Uh, I think they did also back then. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, remember 9-11, all the firefighters who went into the World Trade Center, they had to go up and fight the fire. What happened there, Anthony? When that happened about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock this morning on a Tuesday, one of them said, there's a, there's a fire at the first floor. And I was like, no, no, there has not. But there is. And then more later, minutes by, it's like, Five alarm fire, six alarm fire, and everybody started freaking out. It was like, all the firefighters were on the wrong channel at that time with the NYPD. And it's like, it's been 20 years, that solution has been fixed. But that time was like, um, we don't know what's going on. So we're going to go there and see what's going on. And uh, nobody ever figured this out. It was 20 years problem, which I knew it was, it was a plane that crashed through, all the oil leaked out, but they thought it was just a regular fire. And to this day, we knew that the planes would crash there, but no one ever thought the plane would crash into it. Mm. And that building was like 37 years old. Mm. It was still young at the time. And so uh, when the uh, plane crashed into tower number one, the firefighters thought that they w- might be able to fight that fire. Yeah, but in reality, they didn't. They didn't even survive it. And the towers crashed down. Nope, it was not. Mm. And the radios, the fire department radios, were not working in order because they were combined with the police radios at that time? At that time, yes. And uh, you still get them today, those big bulky ones. But... They were on the wrong channels, and the fire department and the police department during the uh, 21st century uh, did not go as planned. So they were like, no, nah, we're, we're not going to communicate with them. Only ours. All right, well, that's the fire department. That's the brief history of the fire department. It's brought to all of you by my son, Anthony Chester Slee, which part of the Father and Son podcast. This is our eighth episode, our eighth episode. As you can see, the Guardian Angel logo, we just celebrated our 43rd anniversary. And if you remember at the celebration, Anthony, we were talking to Guardian Angels all over the world by Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. That's right. 13 countries, 130 cities. It all started here in New York. We now have close to 5,000 international members. But let's move from the fire department to the history of the police department. Ah, yes. What can you tell us? what it was like early on in New York City. Were there police? Early on in New York City, during the Irish came to New York. Um, I love the Irish and never seen the police department. During the 19th century, like 1898, they were like, 
let's just go with the the police department and then this and then years go later it's like you know what during the 20th century it's new year new me new cruise we're gonna call this just the police for now mm. during the 1960s and early 70s we're gonna call this the NYPD mm. and during and during the 90s or in the 80s you got locked up mm. and the police were not fun of this mm. Mm. that's right they didn't like the guardian angels in fact they locked me up yeah how, how many times 77 that's right 77 times they give me a wooden shampoo a concrete facial an attitudinal readjustment right and they lock me up on rikers island right sometimes That's right sometimes they would that's right so i know all about that but times have changed the police uh, support the guardian angels here and all over the world but what was it like to be a police officer when there were no radios there were no phones how did the police patrol an area and stay in touch with their local precinct so to keep the, the communication going back and forth between the precinct the police departments and the precinct all of those were have to be used by a telegram, those electric ones, kind of like you know in World War Two, like they had those like it's kind of like code, but mm. to them they still needed letters. Mm. At that time, it was a little bit different. So by the time of the fifties, they call it the Motorola radio. Ah. So the Motorola radio came into use by the police. Yes, and before that, they were on their own. Before that, they were on their own. They were like, it was from the, all of the Irish were like, we're going we're gonna to join them. I don't know what's all the hype about, but let's go with it. During 1899, mm. the great worker strike of, uh, in New York City broke out. All of the press were really angry because the rich keeps getting the rich. There were strikes everywhere. This was in a Disney movie. And this happened in the real time. Uh, it is really, really bad. So when the police were called, the New York Police Department was called in to handle the situation. One member from the Newsies came out and turned their backs, locked away in jail. At that time, jail was a lot different than what it is nowadays in the, in the precinct. Was the jail better or worse back then? Back then, it was way more worse. Mm, mm. No hygiene, no nothing. No that bathroom, was, no nothing. No bathroom. Bathrooms were not invented until the early 20th century and the 21st century. Wow. Wow. What a difference. What a difference. So the cops were not able to communicate. Did they use their sticks and bang it on the manhole covers when they needed help? Well, at that time, they still needed, like, letters just to know, like, they didn't have code words at that time. It was like 10-4 or 10-20. So at that time, it was like, if I need to write a letter, that's going to take a long time. So I'm going to give it to the mailman, write the address, give it to him, and send it off. Wow, but that would still take a long time, right? Still take a long time. Kind of like a 17th century. Yeah, you'd be on your own. Yeah, you had to watch your backs everywhere you go. Mm. Riots broke out. That was, like, really w what the police was looking out at that time, and it's still happening today. Did uh, the people like the police, or did they not like them? At that time, uh, they did not like the police. Mm. The, uh, as soon as the 
Irish immigrants were still there, the Italians came in as well, and they thought of the police of us like, hmm, I'm watching you. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, interesting, interesting. We've been talking about, ladies and gentlemen, on this podcast, the history of the fire department in New York, the FDNY, and then we flipped the script to the history of the police department and the NYPD. Now, what are some of the new things that the police department has that they use to help keep us safe that they didn't have years ago? Well, they have you nowadays. They have like new technologies. As soon as the Motorola radio was coming in in the 50s, they were really big and bulky. By the 90s and the 80s, things were getting small. And by the by 2022, they had new radios like Bullfang and Motorola was still kind of the case, but in uh, some police departments, they still had, like, uh, radio problems. Like, Cincinnati had a radio threat mm. by, I don't know, by anonymous someone that just changes the channel to the police frequency. And at that time, they didn't know what the NYPD was. Like, who is this guy? Like, we, we don't know. Mm. And that was a huge shock to the police department. Now, years ago, did the police ride around on bicycles? At that time, they rode on horses. To mm. uh, It was kind of like the military union mm. for all cops. Mm. So when they see a problem, they're just like, hey, get back. Get back, lads. You know, we're going to get in you. Mm. you know, wow. Sticks. Wow. What, what, what was that term you used? They're going to. They're going to bait in them. Oh, wow. Yeah, they give them a wooden shampoo. They give them a wooden shampoo. That was on the horse. That was on the horse. And then they were on bicycles. And when they were in the police cars, what were those first police cars like? The, four, the first police cars were kind of old and boxy. As soon as the 1920s rolled around, it's like, you know what? It's time for the automobiles. By the 70s, cars have changed. From the old ones that our grandparents drove in to the boxy ones, like like at the back of yours. Mm. By the 90s, it was starting to get more slim. Mm. But 2021, things have gone a little bit more bulkier. I've noticed that some of the police cars are really small, very small. Why is that? At that time, they wanted to think that it was trying to go faster. But I'm like, that, that bulky, that bulky car, no, there's, there's no way that's going to go fast. Not even that engine looks fast. You've got to put some nitrous in it or something. Try getting back the old classic cars first, like uh, the old NYPD Ford ones. And uh, those signs were really, really good cars. By the time the, the Ford bulky cars came in, it's like, that's, that's not good. You're not going to catch anyone with that. Unless if you have, like, grappling hooks from there, like a hot car behind the bumper, and one on the front of the car, there you go. You can just grab it. Or they have new technology since the NYPD has. You know those spike traps that yes. just poop right there? And when they're all done, it's like, it springs back. Hmm. So that's when a uh, car is speeding away. It will go on the spikes and it'll blow out the wheels, right? That's right. And, and then the cops will get their man. That's right. If the, uh, if the suspect ran out, like they got out of the car and they run out, 
He'll chase after them. Like, we chase after yeah, yeah. Now, what is your favorite police car? Do you have a particularly favorite police car? Yeah, definitely. The old 1970s police car. Oh, and why is that? Well, at that time, it was very, very cool. Mm. Classic cars are very good versus mm. the modern ones, like mm. the new Dodge mm. one. And I'm like, that new Dodge one could probably go fast, but mm. you also, like, not go too fast. Mm. You don't want to mm. blow out the engine. Mm. And so nowadays, with crime going up in New York City, what are the problems that the police have? The problems that the police have is police crimes, which they turn against themselves to other police officers. Just like uh, the George Floyd incident in uh, 2020, two cops were not able to, other cops was standing right here, was like, hey guys, uh, maybe you should not do that. You don't want to suffocate his throat. But nope, everybody was on their cell phones. Look at that. It's like, wow, look at this guy. This is shocking to the world. What is the U.S. government going to think about this? Oh, wait, nothing. Now, when the police have their cell phones out, their iPhones, their smartphones, who are they communicating with? Nowadays, they communicate with other police officers. Mm. Maybe one of their families, maybe the chief. You know, just like, uh, which street is it on it again? It's like the other side will be like, oh, it's Fifth and Madison. Okay. I see. I see. Now, uh, when the police are out there, a lot of them don't wear their hats. Why is that? They're issued a hat. That's how you spot a police officer. Why do they refuse to wear their hats? Well, nowadays, since the budget has been cut, a lot of the police officers feel like, like, nah, I don't need this. Like, I can quit any time. Mm. That's really bad because when a cop has like that, and they're trying to turn in their uniforms. Once they're fired, they're fired. Mm. There's no turning back. Mm. Contract is up. Mm. You got to give everything, especially your radios, your badge numbers, everything. Police have been dealing with, ever since the pandemic, uh, with rioters. And now there's also Karens have been, have been calling the police and everything. It's like, I've seen it. It's like, they cuffed them down. They're trying to hold back. Like, they're in a mental state hospital. It's like, I have no idea what this lady is on, but we need to cuff her. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a mess out there. It's a mess out there since 2020. Mm. And yet, it was so much better when Rudy Giuliani was the mayor, right? That's right. We want him to be married to Eric Adams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, did you ever want to be a firefighter? Well, I have a friend that was my old baseball coach, mm. and uh, we went through the streets. And uh, during the parade, he gave me the FDNY patch. Oh, that's right. I remember that. The parade, the Columbus Day Parade. And your baseball coach was in the parade. He's a uh, New York City firefighter, and he was also encouraging you when you were old enough to take the test, right? Yeah. I, do you think you might take the test for a I firefighter? Might take a for the firefighter. But you got the patch, right? Got the patch. Now, did you ever think of becoming a police officer? I did think of that as well, because uh, what Marcel actually said to me when we were on the campaign in Staten Island, he told, he told me, like, hey, you want to be a cop? I'm like, 
sure. Uh, I'm going to help out, but the cops uh, will be good. Marcel, a former guardian angel, had joined us in the Bay Ridge Patrol. Uh, they met at 86th Street on the R train uh, every night, and he eventually went on to become a police officer, a decorated undercover police officer doing drug by drug stinks, and he had encouraged you to take the test. Yeah. So now imagine, once you finish school, once you're old enough to take the NYPD test or the FDNY test, if they tell you you can only take one test, one test only, which one would it be? It would be the NYPD. Oh, the NYPD, not the fire department test. <laughs> That's right, because, uh, because I'm going to help out with the vigilantes and also the cops because mm -hmm. we're trying to make things more better. A friendship between volunteers and law enforcement. Good, good. Now, there are three different parts of the police department. So you have the regular NYPD in the streets. Right. You have the transit cops in the subway. Right. And you have the housing cops in the public housing projects. So mm -hmm. uh, if you were to pass the test and become a police officer, you get to request which division you'd like to uh, patrol with. That's right. What would you want to be, either NYPD in the streets, transit cop in the subways, or housing cops in the public housing projects? Mm. I think it would be in the streets. Ah, so regular NYPD. That's right. And would you want to be in a car or would you want to be by foot? By foot. All right, not motorcycle. No motorcycle. Not, not bicycle? Not. No bicycle. What about horse? Horse. <laughs> that was like really old school. But right. actually, they still have that during the parade. Yes. You've seen them, right? Yeah. And uh, would you change the police uniform at all? No, because um, leave it that blue, but they have a black tie. Yes. And what about the fire department uniform? Would you ever change that uniform? I would never change that uniform if I was a, a sergeant mm. or a higher-ranking officer. Mm. You know, because it's like, why would I change it? It's, it's already been there, you know, for a long time. It looks nice. Part of the tradition. Always been part of the tradition ever since uh, September 11th. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, we are wrapping up episode number eight, 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 which has been uh, uh, my son Anthony Chester Sliwa's vision that he shared with all of you about the history of the police department, especially the NYPD and the fire department, especially the FDNY. So remember, you don't want to miss it. Every week we put an episode in the can. It's the Father and Son Podcast with uh, Curtis and Anthony, soon to be changed. How else can you uh, can they hook up with you and everything you're doing in social networking? You can go to my YouTube page, just type in the Slayer YT, or you can also go to Spotify.com and check out our other episodes on there. Don't forget to also check out Curtis's YouTube channel. Just type in Curtis Sliwa and see what, what you think. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel and push those notification bells if you want to see more of our father and son podcast. Now see you, ladies and gentlemen. Later. Peace out.